listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today we have another quote. Chad, what's that quote today? All right. Our quote today is from Chris Grosser, I think it is. And it's opportunities don't happen. You create them. Oh, man. Talk about another good quote, another another set of words of wisdom. What is it? What does this quote mean to you, Chad? Man, you know, it's funny when we talk about quotes like this, Drew, it always goes back to imagination and how we've been able to take ideas in our head that we had both of us and we turn them into businesses, which is what's really, really fun about the world of entrepreneurship. For for as much as you know, we talk about challenges, and I know we've talked about that quite a bit, there's enough challenges to go around. Maybe another way of thinking of it is you don't you you can't have a challenge unless you put yourself in front of or put yourself in a place where you're confronted with challenges. Right. And I know you've had uh, you've shared in the past how, you know, the quality of someone's challenges, really putting yourself out there is is opening you up to new opportunities that you would otherwise not be confronted with. What's that? What's that quote? You can tell a lot about a business by the quality of its problems. Right, right. Uh, a, a business who is not trying to achieve anything probably won't have very many challenges other, other than complacency. <laughs> what, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, I think I think the best part about creating stuff, that's what I love the most about entrepreneurship. I'll just tell you right now is like this quote really sums up what I love is the fact that we have an opportunity to create anything we want. And, you know, what's what's so fun is you and I can have a conversation and we can get off the phone and we can change the entire direction of our company if we want to. Absolutely. It's not like you can go to a job and do that. Absolutely. And it has so much, like you're, you're spot on chat. There's so much power. And that's, that's the fun part of being able to wake up every day and say, I want to bring a new innovation. I want to stop doing a certain thing. I want to do more of another thing. I want to take my life in a, in a particular direction. I can do that because I'm not waiting for my boss to tell me I have permission to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I can create them. I'll, I'll share with you um, uh, an, an interesting uh, interesting story. So I, I was actually, I was working at a company and I had a, I was, I'd only been there for two or three weeks. And one of the senior executives came up to me and said, would you like to teach at a local college? And you know, the moment she asked this, the panic set in like, oh, now I have to impress my new boss. And at the same time, like, oh, do I really, do I really want to teach at a college? And I had to tell her, I, first thing out of my mouth was, you know, I don't have a college degree, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you want me to teach at a college, but I have no bona fides, uh, allegedly. And the after, after I said that, and she kind of laughed it off, I said, yes, let's do it. I, I didn't know what it was going to take. I didn't know I, I didn't know what it would be like. I just said yes, because I thought there's an opportunity in front of me. I just have to take it. And I will tell you, having the opportunity to teach senior executives, it changed my perspective on people and it gave me more confidence in my career. And I would not have many of the opportunities I have now if I hadn't taken a chance, if I hadn't created that opportunity, if I hadn't been afforded that opportunity, but if I hadn't said yes, um, I, I I can guarantee you 
some of my uh, some of the the aspects of my business right now would definitely be different. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's, first of all, really cool that you have an opportunity to teach people because it, it shows that the degree doesn't mean that that's what it takes to be worthy of teaching. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, like we were just talking before we got on the phone about someone that you worked out with and, you know, he was able to teach you some stuff about life that you otherwise wouldn't have known. And that, that's another thing that's really, really fun about education is sometimes we confuse education with degrees. It is unfortunate and it is true. And luckily on, on that note, I think the tides are changing when it, when it comes to uh, employers seeing the value of a college degree. I mean, obviously I'd, I'd like my doctor to have maybe some edu- <laughs> formal education, <laughs> but you know, like there, there are legitimate skill sets out there that you know, like, if you're, if you're going down the career path, um, you know, like you, you can have, you can have highly educated people and you can have highly efficient people and they're not always the same people. Oh yeah. I, I could not agree more. I mean, it's amazing. You know, Drew, something really cool that we recently had lately, you know, that kind of ties back into our quote, but also ties into education is the opportunities that we created, um, you know, through the poster boy, you know, the original idea behind it was to have something that could remind my kids of what I went through while it was still fresh or what currently going through and you know, while it was still really fresh. Whereas today, you know, you and I had the idea of taking it, making it a podcast. Then we had the idea of having lesson plans made around the book. And now this year it will be taught in a college and in a high school and in a middle school in Southeast Colorado as pilot programs for an entrepreneurship course. If you think about it, that is like the exact example of you and I, neither one have college degrees, yet we have a course being taught in college that will hopefully, you know, take on, we will get really good reviews, we'll learn a lot. And, you know, again, we're creating opportunities out of thin air. That, that, that's it, it is phenomenal how far this has come, this opportunity that we created. And if I could jump a bit higher level, the entire economy is based on opportunities. Yeah. And the movement of a nation is, is based on those who seek and create spaces to achieve something, right? Like look at, look at the, the space race of 2021 with (sighs) Amazon (laughs) and Tesla and Virgin. Yeah. 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 Like, who would have ever thought that this was the this was the year this was the decade that private enterprise was going to send people into outer space where beforehand it was the government creating opportunities this is private enterprise and think of how many companies that they've subcontracted out how many new businesses formed around this this whole uh, segment right how many new people are going to seek space travel degrees now. I mean, my, my wife was looking at a, there's a degree uh, in a program up North that's um, space law. <laughs> it's like, really? It's a, yes. And um, like a nation moves by those who seek opportunity and all the way down to a household, right? Because I, you know, we've all got those buddies who, you know, they left school, they left high school, left college. And then you know, they they were pretty chill and they were cool with hanging out on their mom and dad's couch. Um, they they could. There's nothing really different between all of the really intelligent people I know 
and myself. It's just some of us sought opportunities by creating them and others just took what was in front of them. Yeah, you know, man, I just want you to know when you when you said that basically a nation is built on opportunity, it just, wow, very profound words, man. And I'm sitting here going, wow, <laughs> yes, you could not be more true. And, you know, for you and I, I know specifically, we have a great love for this country because we have sought opportunity and we have, you know, been persistent enough and again, I, I hate to use the word lucky, but lucky enough to um, have a little sure. bit of success. And that for us is without this country and without the opportunity that that's happened, it wouldn't be possible. You know, I print pictures and I get asked a lot of times, like, when did you know what you wanted to do? Well, the truth is, I still don't know what I want to do. You know, I have no idea what I want to do. <laughs> but what I do know is that when I was in school, the idea of majoring in poster printing was not, not really a, a degree. I'm pretty sure it's still not a degree. And yeah. so, you know, had I have just followed <laughs> the traditional beating path, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not yet. But had you just followed the path and followed the career choices that were available in college, you just fit this mold. And I think what's yeah. happening today more than ever is, you know, technology is moving at such a rapid pace. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's hard right now to even think about what the future could be in even 10 years, you know, whereas when we were born, you could almost predict it 10 years from when, you know, when you're alive, whereas today things are, you know, revolutionizing so fast, even us, I mean, like the way our ideas are progressing because of the things that are possible, you know, through technology today, I mean, even with UTP, and I mean, you know this, you know, we have a lot of grand ideas and the, the software we've put in place today is like hard to even wrap your mind around what we do is even being possible. Yes. And we're just taking it, you know, each each iteration takes it to the next level. It's similar to the iPhone. I, you know, I go back to, I don't know if you remember this, but this will tell you how naive I was. When the iPhone first came out, I was working at a, a baseball tournament in a town in Illinois, and it was in 2009. And I remember this vividly. So there was a guy that worked for AT&T, and he had mentioned that, you know, this iPhone was coming out, and then AT&T was the, you know, I guess in the beginning, they had like exclusive rights to it. And he was talking about how it was going to change everything. And I remember being so naive because we just weren't in this world of rapid change, and I wasn't around people that, I don't know if, if they just had ideas and then put them into action. So I was more of a person who didn't believe anything. And I remember telling this guy like, oh, dude, there's no way this iPhone's going to work. Like people won't want fingerprints on their phone than to put it on their face. There's no way it'll work. And it's like, how small minded could I have been? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm pretty happy the iPhone exists. Yeah. <laughs> um, let, um, let me ask you, Chad. Maybe if we can shift the tone of this from how, like the you know level setting with the reality that op an opportunity, you know, like l lightning could strike you, right? It's an it, maybe it's a terrible analogy. Let let me reframe this. Opportunities that present themselves, the one in a million chance, you know, getting invited to teach. I didn't seek that out; it sought me, and I, I said yes, right. Sure. 
but for those who 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 want to change their life for the better for those who have energy and ambition and they have a destination in mind how do we how do we tell people and maybe what is your approach to being intentional about creating opportunities like is there a philosophy is there a, a two things you do to put life in front of you not life getting in front of you the other way around you know like how do you, how do you how do you create opportunity well you know it's really really weird that you would ask that question drew because here lately i've i've got i've been involved in a lot of different I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be involved in a lot of different opportunities because more things come your way. And I think that in the beginning, it's seeking one idea and it generally stems from passion. So I would say it's more so about looking within and trying to find what it is that you're willing to commit your life to. And, you know, and I, I hate to say it this way, but it sounds, I don't know if it's so cliche, but what are you willing to commit your life to that if it doesn't work out, you'll be okay? because you got to spend all this time working on it. And I think that's a good mm. place to start with your interest level. And then for me, what I found is that along the way in building a company, I, you know, my sole obsession is for my phone to never ring. And it's like how I measure my day. If my phone rings and I had a problem, it means I didn't build a system that could solve it. And mm. so every time my phone rings, I consider it a failure. And so by building and by doing this and by building systems this way, what it did was it, I started creating personal value that I could bring to other people and other ideas. And so now whenever I meet other entrepreneurs and they're looking for either outside investor capital or they're looking for people to come in and, you know, and, and help in their business, I have a pretty good skill set that I've developed because of my thinking. And so I think opportunity, it starts within and then it comes from formulating like really good I don't know. I don't know how to say it, Drew, but like thought patterns. How do you think? You know, and and for me, if someone says, "Hey, Chad, you know, I want to build. I don't know what it would be recently. Like, I want to build a tournament company. It's the first thing that came to my mind. You know, the first thing I think about is what are the top ten phone calls you get? What are they? And I need to know. And then I need to take every phone call, and then I need to figure out a way to automate it, right? But that's my approach. And so whenever someone comes to me and they talk to me, I start seeing opportunity within their idea and then I start presenting it to them. And then it generally creates a synergy if it's the person you want to work with. And so new opportunities seem to be created for me at a pace where I have to be pretty selective now because there, there are a lot of them. I don't know yeah. if you're, you see the same thing yet, Drew, but I, I know if you don't, you will. <laughs> yeah. You know, and not to, you know, like I, I know that when we, when we read quotes and when people read quotes, it's, it's often a time to get motivated, right? To get inspired by something. And, you know, at first blush, opportunities don't happen. You create them like, you know, again, it sometimes is just the, the, the funniest amalgamation of words put together, bring something inspirational together. But aside from the feelings that something like this presents itself. It's almost like a tactic too, right? Like I, I know a lot of salespeople who, who might, might say, you know, like you're, you're never going to close a deal if you never pick up the phone, you know, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, someone, you know, someone who owns a coffee shop may say, well, we 
may never get customers unless we actually go out there and wave a sign around, right? Or offer discounts or promotions, right? So, you know, on one hand where it's inspirational, on the other hand, it's like, like that's how businesses evolve and function, right? Seeking and creating opportunities. You're not going to, you're not going to get new leads unless you do the things required to get leads. And um, that's marketing, that's sales, that's business. You know, and if you're, if you're in the, the, the corporate environment, it's being ambitious and seeking out promotions and um, going and getting additional certifications. You know, like I, I know that in, in past, uh, you know, past careers, you know, the certifications were, were a significant or were, were a very important part of, you know, progressing in your career. Right. So yeah. me, me at that time thinking, well, I'm going to be in this career for the next 30 years. I'm, I'm learning programming. I'm learning coding. I'm, I'm taking PMP certifications. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ambitious. Right. So maybe, maybe the, maybe the word for this is just being ambitious. Yeah. And Drew, you know, when you were going down that list, I, yes, I agree with you completely. And I think part of it though, I think part of where opportunity lies is understanding problems, you know, being a person that I, I, you know, I, we all hate people that just all they do is complain, but when you get complainers, it shows you problems that people need solved. And I think that what's really cool about every invention or every new generation is that we, we solve a lot of the previous problems and then we create new ones. Yep. Yes. And so the new ones are where the opportunity lies. Like you just, you mentioned earlier, earlier in this podcast about, you know, space and like a space law. Well, what's really cool is because Elon, you know, I'm going to give Elon the majority of the credit for landing the rockets. You know, I think that was like the initial making them reusable. And then I, actually they all have their own unique way of doing it because Virgin Galactic, they are, you know, carrying a rocket to space with <clears throat> with a couple planes. I mean, it's pretty interesting the way they're doing it. I don't know a lot about it, but then uh, Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin, you know, they're kind of trying to, I think, do the same thing or copy Elon and them. But what's happening right now is they solved the problem of how to make rockets reusable. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so with that problem being solved, now you have new problems like, well, if we can reuse these things, well, now it's like having an airplane. So if they can go to space frequently, well, now you've got Marriott looking at the next iteration of Marriott, which are space hotels. And how can we put hotels in space? We're hiring engineers, hiring, you know, different people. So now you're creating this new form of who knows? I mean, you might have in the future architects that are designing for space and taking into effect zero gravity. You know, and, and then when that happens, now you're going to have people trying to create new food menus and how to make food in space. And you're going to have, you know, there's so many different things, how to create artificial gravity. And I just see the world. What's what's so cool about it is every time we solve one, we create five new ones. And the beauty is we don't think about the previous ones. You know, the minute it's solved, it's like, and, and, and Drew, you know, I, I don't want to to ramble without getting your input on this, but I, you know, I'm just going to tag it back to my, my poster company. The thing is for me, once a, I only work on problems because once something is solved, I never really have to go back to it unless I'm trying to reinvent it or create a new iteration of it. So it's solved. You go on. Now your level of thinking is I have bigger problems. Then I have bigger problems Then I, you know, and it just continues to grow. And I think that's why humanity has been so successful in the last, you know, decade or two. 
man, the, that is such a power statement all wrapped in one. And and I want to take it down the, I want to take it down the education path and the economy path. But, you know, at, at the simplest level, you're so right. You solve one problem, you create five new and like that's so impactful because now you've created five new opportunities to hire 15 new people, to start three new companies, to invest in the arts and sciences for three new aspects or problems that have yet to been solved. Like we're, we're moving forward because we are such imperfect people striving as a globe to do pretty dramatic things, you know, and, and I know that we want to talk about and, and it's fun to talk about space and technology, but there are still problems in third world countries that have never, like, have not been solved, right? And, and it goes back to living in the land of opportunity. There are still children starving in in countries and issues with crime and poverty that if any entrepreneur out there wants to wave their hand and solve that problem, be my guest. Because there's no shortage of 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 issues to solve that are so basic and so human, and yeah, you know, like on a less dour note, how many how many of these problems, Chad, are going to be solved by freshly minted college grads versus people who are just curious, right? Because if college is teaching you what what they knew and to some extent how to think about attacking problems. I propose that it's the entrepreneurs that are the ones out there first to meet and first to solve the challenges that maybe people in academia don't even know exist yet. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring up third world. So something I recently uh, read was from Bill Gates. And I, I, th- I want to say Bill Gates. I hope I'm not crediting the wrong person. But they were talking about world hunger. And they were saying that one of the belief this is kind of crazy, Drew, that, that this is even possible, but they were saying the key to world hunger is basically providing a little family of chickens to families all over the globe because chickens lay eggs and it's a continuous daily food source that can start providing uh, food. It was just, it was like when I heard it, it was so simple and it, you know, it makes you think about like, what would it cost to have a chicken in, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to speak in terms of Honduras because I've been there and I've done stuff, but you know, you have these villages in the mountains where there, you know, might be six houses there and they literally are just barely surviving. And it's like, man, you think about it. If you just donated some case, some like little, little fencing, okay. Some fencing and some chickens all of a sudden, you change everything, you know? And it's like, I think that the hardest part drew about helping third world, especially when you live in America is that so many people get so caught up in profit versus, um, you know, versus making a difference. And I can tell you for me, the reason I like to invest in companies and the reason that I, you know, I'm very selective in what I invest in is because I want to invest in people that I think can make a difference and in, you know, companies that I think will make a profit and then can do some good with it because making money is one thing, but what you do with it says a lot more about who you are. I'm just shaking my head. You're just thinking, <laughs> I mean, 
there's so so I, I have a tizzy of of intersecting thoughts and references to past podcasts where you know like i not i don't want to sound cynical and you can certainly shake me here a bit chad i, I, I look look for that but you know <laughs> i don't even know if i'm going to go down this path but i will you know like at, at the highest level what is the the purpose of life is to live and i i think the problem that my industry marketing has created is that we've given people the false idea of what to live means right is it yep. to, is it to yep. own things is it to Possession. yep. possessions right control um fake social causes right like yep. that is that is to live right where there are people who are struggling with the idea of living where they're struggling with the ability to live period to eat period right and not not cynical or pessimistic i want i want people who who can solve these challenges. And I want whole nations and whole groups of people to solve these challenges immediately. And I, I, I feel like the quickest path to do that is 100% not waiting. It is create that opportunity now and do something now, right? Because we, we live in a world of, you can think about something, you can sit on the fence for a minute, you can, you can over plan and overthink, but you know, I, I I can go down to the local store and buy a chick for a dollar fifty, right? Literally. Right now, literally. Right now. I think entrepreneurship solves that problem. I don't know if college alone solves that problem. I mean, outside of phenomenal, you know, grad students that invent some new way to power a house, right? Or yeah. some way to create water filtration. You know, and not to say that the profit. M- motivation has to be there but um to live on just enough to help other people that seems very aspirational and i applaud all of those who are right now thinking of starting nonprofits and uh tackling some of these really large problems because those are that there's an opportunity right there waiting for you you just have to go do it yeah you know you said um you said about people that are living that way right now. And I think that it's, it's the fact that if doing things like we're doing and talking about this together reminds us of the importance of doing it too. You know, we live in a world where it's, it's really hard to wrap your mind around. So I'll never forget. And this is the last story I'll tell on Honduras because I don't want to, I don't want to bore anyone, but you know, when we were there, we were with a company or an organization called global brigades. And I went with a university and, um, we went down and a very unique experience for me. It was my first time experiencing third world. And I was, I was shocked at, you know, A, everyone's so nice and so appreciative of everything you were doing. We were building these things called pilas, um, which are basically an outhouse where you dig like a 16 foot hole that they use the bathroom in. And then you have a, I mean, what you would call it, a, um, kind of like a shower and then the same water that they're showering with, they're using to clean the the dishes or whatever we would call them. But anyhow, so it, you know, these people, I was so, I was so baffled and we had, we had a lot of students with us when we went and when we were every night, we had like a reflection hour and we sat down and there was a group of like 30 of us and you sat down and you reflected on the day, you reflected on everything. I'll never forget the very last night that we were there. And there were a bunch of people that were crying, like, I don't want to leave this and that, you know? And I was quick to point out to people that 
while I agree, and I think it's a really great experience, the reason you say that you don't want to leave is because you have an opportunity to leave. And we live in a world where their sole purpose, the people that were living in these mountains, their sole purpose in life was survival. Okay. Like we can take fasting as an, as a fad, as a diet fad. Okay. Whereas mm -hmm. these people do it because they literally don't have food. And it's, it's really interesting that we live in the same world as people that don't have food. When you think about how much we waste in just our you know, our country. So it's like, there's so many problems to be solved, you know, and there's a lot of criticism that goes to people that are trying to revolutionize space when they say exactly what you said, Drew. There are a lot of problems right here on Earth that need to be fixed first. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'll tell you this. These problems will not be fixed with governments. They will not be fixed through, honestly, probably even education. It's going to be fixed through entrepreneurship and people that care enough to give up their life and to sacrifice profits for these causes, Absolutely. And, 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 you know, about the point of, you know, space versus down here on earth, uh, there has to be a passion component to it, you know, and, and I won't fault someone for having their eyes to the stars, right? Because that's the, that's their passion. And we may, there could be a solution out there somewhere that might help somewhere on earth. I mean, look how much space technology has come down to earth to oh. benefit all of society, right? And it's yep. it's an it's an exercise in in business 101, creating new opportunities, creating new challenges, right? But creating yep. new opportunities. I love it. Well, I think we'll sign off on this week, Drew, and uh, we'll leave them with a quote. Uh, do you have our quote for next week? I do, and I'm I'm excited to talk about this. So the quote next week is be like a postage stamp. Stick to a thing till you get there by Josh Billings. I love it, man. Have a good day, Drew. You too. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast, brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.